This is The Shift Podcast. The Shift Daily Podcast is available for you every single day when the shift is complete on today's podcast. Are you okay with rigging prom queen elections? Greg Fish steps in with World of Weird Things, finding that people who share fake news are also susceptible to getting sucked into fake news. Ryan Sneakers O'Donnell steps in with In Case You Missed It, plus Christopher Gilbert. We chat about the International Dispatch and the fact that he forgot it's St. Patty's Day as he's over in Tokyo, which is hard to believe if you've ever been for a beer with Chris. That's for sure. I'm Shane Hewitt. Make sure you download and share the podcast from all your favorite podcast platforms. Okay, so here we are on the shift. That's Ryan O'Donnell, Matt MacArthur. I'm Shane Hewitt, and it is time for Are You Okay? And uh, in case you were wondering, the moon Mm. dial has been with us the whole time because it's playing the guitar. (laughs) The whole time. It will never leave. See? Poetry slam right there. (laughs) All right. So here we are with Are You Okay? You want to contribute? You can. Just use the phone number. Calls or texts. Are you okay with prom? Uh, what did I do? Yeah, I guess I'm okay with prom, but it was so long ago. I can't even remember what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Most of my uh, friends I were a year older than me when I graduated, so I kind of went to theirs. I didn't really do a whole lot with mine. Hmm. I did, uh, we had rounds ball, which was kind of the prom, and then there was the graduation ceremony. I had way more fun in my grad than I did at prom. Prom was okay, but... But the grad uh, party was a riot. That was fun. Right. I Yeah, I had way more fun at my grad party, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had like a soda fountain. And so, like, yeah, there was no liquor, obviously, because, you know, prom, kids, blah, blah, blah. You can just sneak it in. Uh, they don't have to provide it to you. But, uh, yeah, they had like a soda fountain. And I filled up um, like a big jug full of Sprite and just walked around drinking it. Nice. <laughs> Air quotes, Sprite? No, it was actual Sprite. Oh, really? Yeah. I hadn't gone down too dark of a path by then. Not yet? <laughs> Not yet. Weren't living in a leather jacket in the smoke pit just yet? No, nah, that was my sister. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, are you okay with the prom? There is evidence, it turns out, of voter fraud in the United States. Only it's votes for a Florida high school prom queen. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. The orange man was right. According to authorities, a 50-year-old woman... Oh, no, she's too old for Donald. According to authorities, a 50-year-old woman and her daughter are both facing charges after they rigged the prom's election. What is going on between the cheerleaders and the prom queen? Yeah. Here's more from WKRG5. 117 votes came from the same IP address in a short span of time, and the daughter eventually was crowned homecoming queen. FDLE says students reported that the daughter described using her mother's focus account to cast the votes. One girl who was on the homecoming court is staying positive about it all. She talked to me about it, but we're not revealing her real voice, her face, or her name. I feel like there needs to be a positive side addressed to the situation. I personally know the student, and I don't think the situation should define her. I don't wish bad upon anyone, and I don't wish the situation on anyone. We are all high school students, and we all make mistakes. I do feel this is unfair for many people, and I feel bad for multiple students that were put in this situation. 
I really think that somehow we should do all of the show in a fake voice sound. I wish we had like a vocoder, okay. like a, one of those things that just lowers your voice like that. We sound like we're robbing a bank. So the the mom was booked into county jail while her daughter was taken into custody and transferred to the Escambia Regional Juvenile Detention Center. Happy proming. Es, uh, Escambia County School District Superintendent Tim Smith told the News Journal that Carol has been suspended from her job. He declined to further comment. Her daughter has been expelled from Tate School, agents said. I wonder because, does that mean she doesn't graduate now? Uh, maybe, yeah. What a stupid thing to go to jail for it's prom queen the thing that you remember for a year and then forget about when the real world slaps you in the face yeah man there's many better reasons to go to jail other than that yeah clearly if you're gonna commit a crime that's not the crime what are you in for killed someone what are you in for forged ballots for my prom vote <laughs> Give me your I mashed potatoes. Give me your cigarettes. Um. Wow. Okay. Are you? Oh, and actually, you know what? Uh, before we even get into this one, let's just uh, set the tone without any context. Where's your car, dude? Dude, where's my car? Where's your car, dude? <laughs> dude, where's your car? <laughs> dude, it's not funny, dude. The car is gone. <laughs> yeah. Dude, where's my car? <laughs> Shut up, dude! Dude, there's your car. Oh. <laughs> dude. 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 Are you okay with finding your car, dude? Especially if I've lost it, yes. I'm definitely okay with finding my car. <laughs> I've never lost my car. Oh, I did nope. once at Pearson Airport in Toronto. That sounds about right. That's a terrible place to lose a car. I did. I came into the parkade, and uh, the parkade at Pearson's pretty big, and it's one of those ones that doesn't have flat, real levels to it. Everything's kind of on an angle, and you're mm -hmm. going down like a split level, everything. So I couldn't find my truck. So I hit the, the beeper to lock the doors, you know, beep, beep. And I'm walking along, and I was like, oh, it should be right here. And then I hit it again, and it's over there. And I walk along, and I go over there. It's not there. And beep, beep. It echoes so bad in that parkade that I wandered around <laughs> from level to level trying to find my Durango to the point where I just did the alarm part where you just set off the alarm, and you're just that guy until you find it. But I bet you I was How on three different take? levels. I don't know. Yeah, it was a while. Wow. Three different levels, hauling bags around after a week in Cancun, Mexico, um, and finally found it. So, yeah, I have lost my car. Okay, well, a man's inability to remember which car he was driving. Oh, that's problemsome. Troublesome. You have so many cars. I don't know which car I was driving today. Oh. It, was, it was my chauffeur. Was it Benjamin? I'm not quite sure. Uh, nearly caused Waterloo Regional Police to send out an amber alert on Sunday night. That's weird. A uh, police spokesman on Global News said that officers were called to the area of King Street South and Wellington Street in Waterloo around 8 p.m. over the incident. Police received a report from a male indicating that he had left his child in a, oh, that's why, in a white Jaguar <laughs> while he went to the bank in the area of King Street in South Waterloo. Police said he quickly posted on social media that they were looking for the missing vehicle. 
Officers were able to talk with the male who did remember that he was not driving his white Jaguar, but instead a different vehicle altogether. Turns out he was driving his Jeep rather than a Jag. (sighs) Police said they were able to rush quickly to the area and did locate the child at 8.39 p.m. The child was located safely, returned to a guardian. Police say a 49-year-old Fergus man is facing several charges, including impaired driving with a blood alcohol concentration over 0.80, driving Uh while prohibited, child abandonment, God, I hope so, and failure to provide necessities um, and just throw in a little misdemeanor for stupid, will ya? Wow. Wow. Uh, isn't it? Am I the only one that finds the story, at least the way the story's written, to say that he phoned the police because he couldn't find his car? <laughs> yeah, well, didn't mention the so kid. Well, so he phoned and said, hey, my kid is missing. My car is gone. Oh. And they've stole, somebody has stolen my car with my child in it. But he was, as police allege here, drunk as a skunk. So this guy was fully aware of what had gone wrong. And then can you imagine that moment where he realizes, uh-oh, wrong car. I'm screwed. Oh, man, I didn't have the Jaguar. Turns out my Jeep's right there. That's what I get for driving the stupid Jeep. Could he argue if, like, in court then? Well, I didn't technically abandon my child. It was three cars away. I just forgot. You know, oh. I was just having a couple beers, and then I, you know, I just forgot my kid, and I just had the wrong car. You know, it happens. It could happen to anyone. Dude. It could happen to anyone. Dude. Dude, where's your car? Are you okay? Are you okay? with beef question mark yeah I um yeah I had some beef and some potatoes because uh, I had to have soft food after my fillings mm. got mm. drilled into my mouth so I'm definitely okay with beef it's it's delicious beef is very yummy it's uh it's my favorite I mean I I'm not very good at cooking it yet I I, I can't Get it to taste as good as everybody else I know can. Uh, but I ordered some of those, like, you know, delivery grocery services to try out some new recipes and stuff. Uh, but all in all, man, beef is the way to go. When I was in college, my second year in Red Deer at Red Deer College, my jaw was wired shut and um, I would get hungry, clearly. You know, being a, a young man in college, just 19 years old. And so I would make steak and potatoes. No. And I would put it in the blender. And I couldn't even just drink it. I actually had to put it into a syringe and suck it into a syringe and shoot it through a little space that they had left in the side of my mouth so I could have steak. That's how much I like beef. I can't top that. Yeah, you win. (laughs) You win. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. How long was that shot for? Six weeks less one day. Oh. Yeah, I lost about 30 pounds. I was down below 135 pounds at 19 years old and six foot one. So, yeah, the very first thing I ate was a McDonald's cheeseburger when I got my wires off. And because you have to open your mouth for six weeks, like your mouth only opens that far. So I had to like squish it down. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I don't recommend it, by the way. Don't um, don't get that, though. 
All right. Um, that was way off track here. It seems like a Nebraska, Colorado have some beef with each other. Uh, pickets rallied proclamation of the governor claiming that people avoid meat one day a week. He declared, declared Saturday meat on the menu day in Nebraska. Day was chosen to coincide with Colorado's Meat Out Day, saying don't eat meat, supporting animal rights. This is from NBC6. Well, it comes after Colorado's governor endorsed the Meat Out movement in his state, encouraging people there to cut meat out of their diets. Nebraska agricultural groups uh, and producers at Stoisich Meats joined the governor this morning to make the announcement. One of the many joining him was a local dietitian who says meat is an integral part of our diets. Something that I've seen in my experience is when we take something out of our diet, we're usually replacing it with something else. And some of those alternatives aren't necessarily more nutritious than lean animal protein. Everything was settled peacefully, except for the guy who misunderstood what meat out day was and did not wear pants. This is the Shift Podcast. It is time for the world of weird things. Welcome to the world of weird things with Greg Fish. Worldofweirdthings.com podcast and blog. Fish. What's happening, brother? How's it going? Oh, you know, we're just hanging out, doing the thing, hanging out for the show, talking about the beef. Are you a beef eater, sir? I am. I I, uh, I have, like, a lot of people try to cut down a little bit on it, but I still really enjoy, like, a nice steak. I mean, who doesn't enjoy a nice steak, honestly? Yes. I like a beef sandwich, beef dip. Oh, oh all yeah. those, right? Oh, yeah, um, Absolutely. Especially Philly. if you if you get it on a nice grill, you know, a nice medium rare, that's perfect. Yeah. Philly cheesesteak, by the way, which the secret is, is for me, when you make the Philly cheesesteak or any like roast beef sandwich, is you actually make your bun as garlic toast. Then you put your beef and your gravy on it and your provolone. Don't the gar- oh, garlic's mind. a great idea. That's a fantastic idea blow your mind man all right uh greg fish we are uh going into a strange place here you got something going on here like are you all right uh emotional intelligence uh defeating fake news are you you like are you okay like you're suggesting in this conversation today that humans grow up i mean i'm trying or at least i thought so i mean i'm hungry now so my thoughts might be a little garbled let me let me get back into let me get into my normal headspace uh, of weirdness but no i think first of all humans can grow up and second of all a lot of conversations that we have today about fake news and misinformation because that's like the number one topic where you know if you if you do anything to try and inform the public you always struggle with, are they going to believe me? Are they going to think I'm credible? Are they going to go to the internet and find the first link that agrees with whatever it is that they want and dismiss everything that I say out of hand? So this is why this particular study out of the UK really caught my eye because one of the things that really talks about is that usually when you are trying to convey news or trying to debunk a conspiracy theory, you're thinking, I'm going to lay out all the facts And then people will understand what the facts are and we can come to an understanding. We can talk about them and we'll we'll settle into the same reality. Now, before I explain why that doesn't work, let me ask you a quick question. Would you agree with the statement that the more formal education you have, 
the least the less likely you are to fall victim to fake news and hoaxes and scams the more formal education you have the less likely you are I would say statistically that's probably true although I would um, I'm here I'm waffling right clearly but I would say that it's a life experience self-awareness thing so maybe I want to say maybe <laughs> well turns out the answer is actually no and here's why you're right it is partially about life experience but the problem is people's life experience is really subjective and the pro and the other problem is that when it comes to fake news when it comes to disinformation people are guided by what's known as motivated reasoning our brains like to seek out confirmation that what we believe around the world or in about the world is true so when we find something that agrees with our preconceived notions and when i say we i mean everybody that's us included we all have to be very aware that all of us have the propensity to do that so when we do find that something that agrees with our preconceived notions if we have more formal education if we have more uh more knowledge about certain things we can get more creative about justifying why we are correct and why people who tell us that we are wrong and their facts are also wrong and we should hold on to our views and this is where emotional intelligence comes into view now emotional intelligence doesn't necessarily mean that you know you're really smart about emotions it means that you are very aware of your emotions and the emotions of others how are others expressing themselves is basically about reading people and reading your own emotional state mm -hmm. and that really cuts to the core of what modern disinformation does because ultimately modern misinf misinformation is about scaring you it's about appealing to your emotions it's about keeping your attention and eventually getting money out of you whether it's by putting you on the list to sell it to some sort of advertiser whether it's to sell you snake oil whether it's to sell you books or patreon subscriptions or get political donations what not the the general gist is listen to me i care about you nobody else does listen only to me because everybody else is out to get you trust only me because all these horrible things are happening and i'm the only one who can stop them or people who i know are the ones with only ones who can stop them so if you have a high level of emotional intelligence you see okay there's all these emotional appeals they're trying to get me really riled up but let's push past that and what is what do we actually see in terms of content mm -hmm. is this a is this a is this a i don't want to say listening problem but i feel like it's a um sort of a paying attention problem you know how people just get to the just the headline part right yeah. where they get that headline part and then they're like oh that's what i needed that makes me feel good i'm right now forward so Absolutely. is it a attentiveness is it a we don't care or cuz it kind of sounds like it's i want to feel good i don't want to do the work Lazy. oh yeah that's that's exactly what it is that is exactly what it is uh probably 95% of the problem is this makes me feel the way i want to feel about this topic i agree with it therefore share send what not we're not paying attention and when we are paying attention we're not taking stock of how does this make me feel and why does it make me feel this way now that's where you kind of get into a tricky territory because just because a story has an emotional appeal or an emotional draw or makes you feel outraged or makes you feel happy doesn't necessarily mean that the story is wrong it's just an issue of how are they making you feel that way are they starting off purely with emotional appeals 
Or are they saying, this is an actually disturbing thing, and we here we have the facts to prove it. And here are our facts, here is our case, here are our testimonials, here's all these things that we've accumulated. And this is, you know, ultimately, we're going to leave it up to you on how to feel. But, you know, this seems like a problem. So the way that I would think about it, or at least the way I, I think about it, is that when you when you see stories that warn about new vi- variants of the COVID pandemic or or what's going on with the virus, a lot of these articles are saying, okay, we should be concerned, which is why we should get vaccinated, we should wear masks, we should make sure that we're not, you know, hanging out in big crowds, that we're taking common sense precautions. And if we all do that, we can all get through this. And then the fear-mongering articles about COVID, you know, oh, it's a bioweapon and listen to pandemic and all these you know, alt medicine gurus will sell you the magical cure for it because the government wants to control you. So it's both sides have emotional appeal, but one emotional appeal is very much like you should pay attention to it because it's really important for your health. And the other is everybody's out to get you and we're the ones who are selling you the solution. That's where that emotional intelligence comes into play. Why do people want to make me feel the way that they're trying to make me feel? What is their overall goal? And when you consider that, you will become much better at figuring out whether the news is real or fake, even as in this particular study, the news stories are chosen specifically to be very difficult to tell where, where it's very difficult to tell truth from fiction. Okay. So you said the, the, which way to make you feel. And I, I think I got lost a little bit there in that, which way the article is making the, the person feel or, if I'm sharing the article, how I'm trying to make other people feel by sharing it. Can you help clarify that part? No, the, the former. How is this article making you specifically feel and why? Okay. okay. Well, then I guess then my next question is then I read the article, how it makes me feel. I feel right. I feel uh, not wrong, which would be important as well. Um and in that, though, I share it. So then am I just showing off or am I, sh- I guess I'm, what I'm doing is I'm showing off, sharing it to show that I'm not wrong again. I mean, that would depend on the context, but you're actually hitting a really important point. It is also very a very big part of having a good emotional intelligence to consider how do other people feel about this particular topic and how you want to make them feel by sharing this particular article. Mm-hmm. If you're sharing something that is very incendiary, you want to make them agree with you. You want to make them feel like you do. And the question is, are you feeling okay with that? Are you feeling okay with outraging people about certain things? Now, I'm not saying that that's always wrong because there's a lot of gray areas when it comes to that. And and we should have emotional uh, responses to things because that's, you know, normal human business. But if you're going to get people, if you're going to affect people's emotions, you want to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. And you want to make sure that you're doing that by giving them the choice of looking at the facts and not simply sharing outrage bait. And that's right. unfortunately a lot of what we do online. And, and this is one of those things where, you know, every side of the political spectrum has something incendiary, has some gotcha, has something that, that is very emotionally charged that they share nonstop. That, that's the stuff that goes viral. And actually... Um, it's very important to know that social media companies monetize the hell out of this because uh, there there have been a number of articles over the years, but it kind of like culminated lately in this very lengthy MIT Technology Review article. 
that kind of walks you through the story of how Facebook decided to use AI to curate its algorithms and that when their algorithms increased people's view and read times by feeding them outreach bait, Facebook said, okay, fantastic, keep going because we care about the growth. We don't care what happens at, at any point afterwards. We just care that people spend six out of seven days on Facebook for a minimum of two hours. That's what right. we want to hit. Everything else is irrelevant. Well, that's, yeah, that's like headlines that I've always said that I've always struggled when you see on TV, whether it's uh, at a newspaper, the headlines that say if, um, you know, if you're driving with your kid in the back seat in this particular car seat, it could be defected, your kid could die, you need to know. We'll give you more details at six. Like, we don't tell you now. <laughs> we'll hook you to six, right? Now, broadcast companies and news stuff has gotten out of that sort of uh, fear-mongering hook, but 20 years ago, that was kind of a thing. And, um, and so that's interesting. So it comes up with a text message here, Fish. It says, uh, is this similar to confirmation bias? Confirmation bias, uh, you know, keeping in mind, confirmation bias is looking for things that support this bias that already exists. So where do you see that? Does that, does, there's a part B to this question. So confirmation bias, yes. Do you see that it's very similar? Confirmation bias is definitely a part of this. It's it's one of the fundamental building blocks. Um, we um, confirmation bias really comes into play when you read through the article or you see the headline and you say, "Okay, this makes me this makes me feel good." And the other part of it is that um, we are, like I said, we we like to look for confirmation bias. So it's really kind of just it's. It's really just it's really a big part of what's it's really a big part of what's happening, but it is just a part of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it certainly would be the um, the only looking for confirmation bias. You're also only looking for things that confirm what you're saying. Um, so it is I can see how you say it's a piece of it. Now, the second part of the question is, I don't know if you're familiar with the term or not. Uh, if you're not, that's OK, too. Uh, what about is it similar to the Dunning-Kruger effect? Now, are you familiar uh, with that effect? Yes. Yes, I am very familiar with that effect. A Dunning-Kruger effect is essentially thinking that you are so smart that you don't realize that you are not, and you cannot see that other people might be smarter about a certain topic. Right. So, it, so that is, I would say that Dunning-Kruger really has a lot to do with this in particular. Dunning-Kruger is really more when you get into the debates about these articles and people are posting things and saying things that are just absolutely asinine or untrue or have been debugged by everybody and their step-grandmother-in-law about seven times over, but they still cling to that. That's yeah. that's where Dunning-Kruger comes into play. Yeah, and that becomes where the loop, when people hear the loop of things, well, how is this true? The way that they describe Dunning-Kruger is sort of... Um, with someone with low ability overestimating their ability. So you think you know a lot about it, then you get into a conversation about it, and then you you, you still think you know a lot about it becomes evident you don't. Why is uh, the moon in the sky? Well, because my mom said so, right? Because the moon's yeah. in the sky. And then say, well, okay, well, how does your mom know the moon's in the sky? Because my mom knows everything, right? So it becomes this sort of cycle of... of as far as they're concerned, they're 100% confident. They know why the moon's in the sky, but a scientist is going to sit back and go, well, clearly you don't know why the moon's in the sky. 
But if you ask the scientists and say, do you know how wide the moon is in the sky? They'll say, yeah, I know probably 90% of the story, but then the other 10%, we're still trying to figure stuff out. And interestingly enough, there's a, there's a quote, and I think it's by Bertrand Russell, but I'm not 100% sure. I think it's by Bertrand Russell. And it says that the problem with ignorance is that while expertise is very well aware of its limitations, ignorance has none. And that's actually one of the interesting things, even when you become an expert in a particular area, one of the biggest things that you realize is that you don't know all that much. You could dedicate your entire life to studying something and the field of knowledge that humanity could acquire and has acquired so far is just so vast. It's impossible for everyone uh, for, for everyone to know everything. And it's impossible for any one person to know everything, even about a particular topic. So one of the big things that we need to do, especially when we, when we read the news, when we share the news, when we think about uh, what is being published as news, is to really kind of get humble and realize that there may be areas where we are very knowledgeable and we understand a lot of things and we can really speak to things speak to these things in a very informed manner. There's so many things that we don't know and we shouldn't assume that we do just because someone once told us, oh, you're very smart about X, Y, Z. Right. Uh, that's interesting, uh, isn't it? To think of it from that perspective um, of how incredibly profound that, that, that moment is when you don't really know. I've heard someone say it in a great, great way that some of the wisest people, philosophers, uh, some of the you know most educated academics and whatever they basically get to a point where they go i started out in this journey um seeking answers and what i've become is an expert at asking questions that's a person who the emotional uh, intellect is high absolutely and you know that's another thing about science science is the art of asking questions and knowing that whenever you get an answer it's going to generate more questions and it's never going to end. You're never going to know everything, but that's the fun and beauty in it. It's a forever task. You can't you can't know everything, but you're going to have a lot of fun trying to figure out what you can. It's also the uh, foundational piece of the world of weird things. Isn't that true, huh? Absolutely. I ask a lot of questions. WorldofWeirdThings.com for the podcast and the uh, the blog and uh, Greg Fish's meanderings and links to all of his stuff to search WorldofWeirdThings.com. Uh, search Greg Fish. I mean, there's not a lot of Gregory Fishes out there, I'm assuming. At least there's only one in our world. Thanks, brother. Always a pleasure. This is The Shift Podcast. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ryan. Sneakers. Donald. <laughs> Sneakers. Sometimes I wish my voice was uh, was that deep. Sneakers. But it's not. So we make do. We make do. Yes, welcome uh, to an early edition of In Case You Missed It. Uh, we're going to start things off with some news that is sad, but it is a chance for us to celebrate the life of an amazing actor. Longtime character actor, Yafet Kodo, passed away yesterday. So he was 81 years old. And uh, if you don't know who he is by name, you might recognize him from a couple of his bigger roles. He played the villain in the James Bond movie, Live and Let Die. 
He was also in The Running Man with Schwarzenegger. Uh, but to me, he will always be Parker from Alien. You found this name there. No blood. No Dallas. Nothing. Come on, anybody say nothing I'm thinking. He uh, just is perfect in that movie. Um, I really think that his this this actor is is a little bit underrated in the sense that this man absolutely succeeded in his time at breaking huge racial stereotypes in Hollywood. He was a groundbreaking uh, actor in that regard in so many ways. And I wanted to share uh, his own perspective on that for you. So he was at the Toronto International Film Festival back in 2003. And they did a uh, special anniversary showing with Ridley Scott, the directors, everybody there. And after the movie, somebody asked him, of all your roles why does alien matter to you and what he said i think is incredibly beautiful and i'd like to share it with you it's very moving for me it's moving me so much to me i cannot tell you uh into the world it's a classic um a short story during the march on washington i stood there with uh at the steps watching dr king talk about his dream and wondered whether or not I would ever see that dream so far from my goal. And then about eight years ago, I had some time off from homicide and I went to DC with my, my daughter who had played on that, around that ship, my oldest daughter who run around on that very ship. She's a lawyer today. And, and we went to the spot where we were, I was standing and I was telling her how years before I had stood there listening to Dr. King's speech and a, and a, um, a bus pulled up with uh, a bunch of children from Japan and they ran up, got out of the bus and they ran towards me and they were, I, I couldn't understand what they were speaking, I was speaking their language but there was one thing I, that blew me away was the fact that they all was saying one word, alien. <laughs> and at that moment, it was so spooky because I'd realized that the dream had come true. I was now known all throughout the world. The movie opened the door up for women. Never before in the history of movies have we seen a heroic woman do what Sigourney did. And all other movies after that portrayed women in those heroic worlds. And it was the first time an African-American had been seen uh, in, in a role like that. Uh, and so today we see, we see women and African-Americans in those heroic roles because of this man right here. Thank you, Ridley. God bless you. Thank you, Yafet. You... Uh... Mm -hmm. You did some incredible uh, work, and you will be sorely missed. But man, your performances will live on forever. 
how well spoken um, of a gentleman is that guy? And how cool right. is it to be able to speak to that specifically to a point where we have that today and we don't have to let someone else say it for him um, to be able to carry that forward and say, you know, these are in his own words, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't think we that's get that opportunity. So yeah, I don't think we get that opportunity all the time. And that's really what hits me the most there. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing stuff. I'm so happy he got to uh, live his dream, literally. Uh, so we're going to hop to TikTok now. Because life hacks are the topic of today's TikTok. Ooh, some alliteration. Nice. Let's get into it. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Ryan O'Donnell with today's TikTok, 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 breakdown. Breakdown. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. So a woman from Colehurst, Alberta, went hyper viral with a TikTok getting over 6 million views in a very short amount of time. So I love, I love, I love her username. It is Mama Needs a Hobby. Posted a clip in response to a video challenging people to do this. So here is the uh, intro. So in how TikTok works, if you're in, unfamiliar, uh, you can stitch things. So one person will create a video, say, "Hey, what is your favorite food? Tell me why," and then you can make a video. And everybody can make as many as they like, but the first clip is the same. So here is what she was responding to. Show me the life hack that you randomly saw one day that is now an unconscious standard practice in your life. So that's it. Okay. What is the life hack you found out that changed your life? Uh, well, she might have just changed mine because this thing is ridiculous. So what she does is puts her hand through the neck and out the bottom of seven t-shirts to stack them on her arm. She then grabs a pile of hangers and in less than, I want to say 10 seconds, perfectly hangs all of them. So this is how she does it. This is the tutorial, okay? As best as I can explain it. With the arm that is through the shirt, she then grabs a hanger with her hand covering the hook, pulls it backwards through the top until her hand comes back out of the neck positioning the hanger perfectly in place. Now, I tried to replicate this. It took some attempts, and I did look very closely at the video, and I can do one at a time, which kind of defeats the purpose, but I will continue doing this so that I can make it work. But what I loved is clearly she created this life hack out of a necessity of not wanting to have to hang up her kid's laundry, and she actually addressed that in another TikTok. People keep telling me, don't hang your clothes like that. They're going to get wrinkled. Do you think they aren't wrinkled? Do you think they weren't already sitting in the corner of my room for a week? I don't care about wrinkles. I'm beyond wrinkles. <laughs> I'm beyond wrinkles. <laughs> we should, we should all, that. We should all be beyond wrinkles. Uh, yeah, it depends on what you're wearing. I mean, if you can wear a black t-shirt and get away with it not really showing up, fine. But for me, if I have a white t-shirt that has too many wrinkles, I throw in the washing machine again to get the wrinkles out because I don't have an ironing board yet. It's on my list of... <laughs> I I don't I haven't really need to iron anything, you know? It's 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 not really a necessity. Well, I thought you... Oh, it was Shane who was ironing. I yes. don't mind ironing. I yeah. get some joy out of ironing, gotta tell you. It's a dad thing, isn't it? 
I don't know. It's just a, it's a soothing thing. I quite enjoy it. I, you know, there's never in any situation where someone's running behind. If someone says, Hey, uh, can you help iron this? That I'm going to be like, no way, man. I'll be like, yeah, sure. Let me take care of that. I like that. Yeah. Well, I like the smell of ironing. Is that weird? I know. Like I talk about what I like the smell of a lot, sneakers included, but, but the smell of ironing, like that warm, I don't know how to describe it. Fresh. Do you know what I'm saying? Or is this just me? That warm freshness. Freshness. Thank you, Matt. It's a fresh sound. Smell. Sound. I mean that too, though. Like, <laughs> I love that. You're the, you're like the strangest <laughs> things, man. I do. I, I'm a picky guy. Uh, now, one thing I like that everybody likes, well, most people, is mm, Bacon. Yes, I love bacon. Uh, now, this is related, but we need to talk about sneakers again. You know, like sneakers, I can identify. Converse, Adidas, I know all that stuff. I know sneakers. Yes, I do. I also know bacon and a legendary shoe. Man, this is a legendary shoe. Best Based on the best food ever, is coming back. Mmm. Bacon. That is so good. That is so much better than ham. It is so much better than ham. Is that that 70s show? It is that 70s show, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the Air Max 90 Bacon is getting re-released for the first time ever. Now... Ryan, you may ask, what the heck is a bacon shoe? Well, how it is, how it works, it's an Air Max 90, which this is a classic sneaker. It's just a good running shoe, okay? The colors of it, bacon, pink, a little bit of cream, and a darker red. That's it. However, the way it is laid out on the shoe is brilliant. It does look like bacon. And uh, the guy who designed the shoe... He has a fashion store in New York called Dave's Quality Meats. All of the packaging in that store looks like meat packages. And so he created the shoe back in 2004. Uh, these, the, a pair of these will go for thousands of dollars. It's, it's been a long time. It's very sought after. So they're bringing it back the exact same way without the cooler packaging, though. Um, but there's a really funny story behind the shoe in the sense that one of the most legendary Air Max 90 colors of all time was kind of made by accident. Here's the clip. I get an email and they're like, hey, man, if you want this shoe done, you got to get it done. You got to send it in by Monday so we could have it for the next season. And I was like, yeah, 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 I got the idea. I got the idea. I didn't have the idea. I'm in the supermarket and then I see the bacon. And then it was that aha moment. And I was like, I could make an Air Max 90 look like bacon. And I just saw it in my head. And I was like, either this is going to be really funny or it's going to be really whacked. And I was like, I like those odds. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. And it works. It works, man. Uh, now, uh, that is an amazing interview from Complex. Now, uh, Sneaker News, they wrote a little descriptive of the shoe's colorway, and I'm going to read it for you, and I'm sorry in advance because you're going to be hungry, especially you, Shane. Yes. The hunger-inducing bacon 
sparks the image of the prime cut with its deep red accents and brighter pink details. Fatty creams dress alongside the complementing dark burnt browns of the midsole, eyelets, and branded tabs. Mmm. Give me a slice. I love it. I'm very excited. I'm going to try to get a pair. They're going to sell it instantaneously, no doubt. March 26th, people, which is Air Max Day. Nike has a whole day where they celebrate this shoe because it's so important to their history and everything. Uh, Steve in North Van, what about the Krusty Burger shoe? This is real. Uh, Adidas did a collaboration with The Simpsons and made a shoe that looks like a Krusty Burger, and it's also really great. There you go. Food is amazing in our tummies and on our feet. Um, yeah. You know what I would love? A spam? Give me a spam shoe. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that could work. You do a pink you do a pink sole with blue, and then you do yellow highlights. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm going to... I've got my sneaker coloring book. I'm going to try that out. <laughs> it's the Shift Podcast. Super curious what uh, St. Patrick's Day might look like in Tokyo uh, of the Irish community there. I'm assuming, I'm assuming there's a lot. So let's get started and go across the uh, Pacific Pond, westbound to Sir Christopher Gilbert. Welcome to the International Dispatch from our world citizen. Live from Japan, New Zealand's Chris Gilbert. We had to pull him out of a pub uh, to make sure that he was uh, you know, able to stand upright for St. Paddy's Day today for this conversation here. Um, by the look on his face, I'm guessing he forgot. I didn't even know it was St. Patrick's. A um, little bit of a inside baseball. There aren't many Patricks in Japan. It's, really? uh, it's uh, yeah, no, it's not really a common name. There's lots of Tanakas and lots of Makotos, but not so many on the Patrick or the Saints. So uh, huh. I, I completely forgot that that was a thing that existed in the world. But um, right after this, I'm going to go get rip roaring drunk. No, I have an excuse to. Thanks very much for that. You're very welcome. Yeah, yeah. Why not do yeah. that? So that would that would yeah. uh, that would bring up the what would be the rip roaring drunk uh, Japanese drink of choice then? Oh, I think it has to be the highball, and the and the highball in Japan is the um, the Suntory whiskey and soda. It's whiskey soda every time. Whiskey's and, popular uh, in Japan, isn't it? Yeah, whiskey's a pre- whiskey's pretty big. Uh, fedoras, jazz records, whiskey, those sort of things will go together pretty smoothly here. Um, but you can go to the local convenience store, the local Seven Eleven, and pick up a big tall can of nine percent highball for about two bucks. So uh, two bucks. You, you can get you can oh. you can you can lose yourself very easily here if one yeah. is not careful. Yeah. How is um, Sapporo? Is it actually popular in Japan? Sapporo, the bear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, a, a Sapporo that you can go get that at the convenience store. Um, Asahi, Kidding, like um, you know, like all of those guys are, are really popular. You can go get like a big bottle of sake for like ten bucks at the convenience store. Hmm. Like you can like, oh man, it's it's very loose here. It's v- <laughs> like some things that they're very very extremely tight about, like the old you know, like the old Mary Jane. You can't even be seen looking at that, otherwise you know, you're gone. But, uh, you know, anything else, like alcohol, as much as you want, whenever you want it, 24 hours a day. Really? Crazy. Yeah. I'm in the wrong country. (laughs) 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 Well, there's about four or five readily available, like, craft beers. Like, so, like, if you were to, like, um, 
uh, like a nice a nice store, like a nice chain store. There's like the same four or five breweries every time. So it's like there's lots of little small breweries around that you can go to a, a pub maybe and, and get them. But in terms of readily available, um, very scant on, on the craft breweries in Japan, especially mm-hmm. compared to a place like my former home, Vancouver, where, um, yeah. you know, there was about uh, 80 or 90 breweries within every square mile. Yeah. Really? That's interesting. All right. Um, yeah. So I guess the sale of um, the green sparkly hats at the, the dollar store are not so popular. Oh, no, you can definitely get green sparkly hats at the dollar store, but this is more like that's a regular feature. People are just always buying the green sparkly hats. You just don't need a, a special day for it. They get the spring green sparkly hats and you get the red sparkly sequin jacket and you can get all these sort of things at the dollar store. But um yeah, I just did. Did St. Patrick's Day happen over there this year? It was obviously cancelled by um, our national lockdown when I was when I was there last year. Did um, did you guys get to go party at all? Uh, well, it's it's today, so it's technically the morning. Oh, yeah. So our partying, um, in case the bosses are listening, has been quite minimal so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Unless you count um, like mm-hmm. headache medicine. Yeah, Matt's been partying yeah. at the dentist. Well, yeah, the dentist. Hey, most, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Most medicine is made in Ireland. That's their number one export. So there's a chance that your Advil was made in Ireland. So in that case, Happy I would St. say Patrick's yes. Day. I caught a Happy leg St. up Patrick's on Day. everybody at one in the morning on the West Coast. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Okay, well, in the spirit of St. Patrick's Day, I've got a, a short story about when I got my wisdom teeth extracted, if you want to hear it. Um, mm, please. But uh, I, they didn't knock me out. They didn't put me under general. This is when I was about 22 or something. They gave me this small amount of like clear potion to drink, right? A medicinal medicine. Medicine. Medic- oh, well, yes. Okay, medicinal, <laughs> medicinal medicine. I think I'm on some right now. Yeah, um, I was going to say. But, <laughs> recreational they, medicine. They, <laughs> it effectively makes you extremely, like the effect is being of ex- like extremely drunk. Because, you know, like if you're drunk, you, you, you know, you don't, you have like your beer coat on, you take knocks a little bit easier and stuff. Um, so they gave me that, and they were like, give it half an hour to kick in. So I went to the waiting room, and I was like looking at my phone or reading. No, I was reading a book, and I was chewing gum, and I just blacked out. I guess I passed out in the waiting room. And then the dentist assistant or like the, the hygienist or the nurse or what have you, she came and like tapped me on the knee. And just like, you know, it's like time for your, to have your dentist appointment, your wisdom teeth taken out. And apparently, I don't remember any of this, but apparently I just jumped straight up in the air just went i just yelled loudly yelled it's time and i took my gun out of my mouth and i just shoved it in the dentist's bare hand like take my gun (laughs) and walked walked sideways into the dental room and like fell you know know how like the dental chair has that high back apparently i went into the dental chair back first so I slid over the back of it and like slid down like a slip and slide into the dental chair and knocked a whole oh. bunch of stuff over. Oh, that's, that's how good. powerful that stuff was. It's good to be ready. A, a, a very similar thing happened to me where I was waiting for a procedure and they gave me uh, medicinal medicine. And um, <laughs> and I just like, I was, I was reading something and I, like, I was reading the, one of the magazines in the waiting room and you, I was just, reading staring at this one page for about a half half an hour or so i what seemed like a half hour then i lost consciousness and then i woke up in the chair the procedure was done i was knocked out through the entire thing Mm -hmm. but my my wisdom teeth were in my hand 
Oh God! What? Oh wow! My I had a weird dentist. That's creepy. That that is such a dentist like. It's not even a troll. What is that? I I what thought it was that? I uh, my reaction. I thought it was funny. I I mean I imagine a dentist funny. like when all the dentists get together at the pub afterwards, like you see on the TV shows where the cops go to get together at the pub after their shift. I imagine all the dentists and be like, and then I put his wisdom teeth in his hand. <laughs> that's weird. Oh, I mean, that's that's quite metal. They might have seen the long hair and like the beard that you had at the time, Maddie, and being like, this guy definitely wants to wake up with some teeth in his hand and make a necklace. <laughs> And I did. <laughs> oh my god! I can't imagine. Um, meanwhile, in Oklahoma, in uh, Donald Trump's uh, homeland, um, I've w- I've wanted to talk about this for um, a while now. Uh, Ryan, you might have seen this in like my sheet, as you knew every week. Um, is, yep. I, I, I want to talk about Bigfoot because, and I, I haven't let it go because it's it's a few weeks old now, but. It entered the news again last week, which is that Oklahoma has put a $2 million bounty out for the capture of Bigfoot. Um, and this is obviously less marketing, right? It's just, it's a, it's a tourism scam. Um, well, not a scam. That's, that's what I think marketing is. I'm still thinking about scams. Um, it's, a, it's a marketing and tourism ploy. Um, strategy, tactic. Um, <laughs> it's essentially the exact same thing with a nicer word. <laughs> I showed I showed my cards too soon there. <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, it, 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 uh, last week there's a two million dollar bounty out on Bigfoot. Um, what is this all about? Uh, let's listen to some audio. An Oklahoma lawmaker proposing a bill to establish a Bigfoot hunting season in the in Oklahoma, allowing people to buy a hunting license. He's hoping this is going to increase tourism in his district and maybe even lead to the capture of the fabled beast. Maybe. <laughs> How could this go wrong? So just to be clear, how could it go wrong? They're inviting people to bring guns to Oklahoma to wander around and shoot anything that looks like Bigfoot. Shane, how am I meant to become more and more just like incredulous and frustrated with the news if you always steal my leads? Oh, sorry, buddy. That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. Well, I just, I'm, 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 I'm curious. I was asking a question. Sorry. I was thinking earlier, I was like, I bet you if I play a teaser, about 10 seconds teaser, Shane is going to like just immediately say after it exactly my, my angle. <laughs> Sorry. <buddy. laughs> he found a way anyway. Because he does it every week. Sorry, man. I don't mean to. I just, it's, maybe it's just like, so, I, no, it's okay. we've, we've got some kind of simpatico news thing going on here um it's good it's a good thing it's a good thing it's 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 healthy it's it's okay um let's let's listen to the to this clip you might be able to take your chances in capturing bigfoot if oklahoma representative justin humphrey's new bill passes through legislation humphrey says people would be allowed to purchase a license to hunt bigfoot he shared on his facebook page that he does not want bigfoot to be killed but captured instead. This is my goal is to try to get the wildlife department to maybe support a $25,000 bounty on Bigfoot and that by doing so we're going to have lots of people come out and want to participate in looking for Bigfoot. <laughs> we'll bring him in alive. What is this world? Where we're gonna round up all our largest sons, form a triangulated perimeter around those damn woods, 
My sister, she makes the sweetest honey drawn pancake syrup you ever tasted. We put that syrup on the trees. Now, this is good syrup, okay? This ain't no nothing you get at Mama's Diner or nothing. So that creature ain't gonna smell it. We're gonna lure it. And then we're gonna tactically ascertain that mythical creature. Shook him up. That's my goal. How do you like my Oklahoma? That's my Oklahoma. It was very good. Beautiful. Not bad. Not bad. No, thank, thank <laughs> you. I've been practicing that one in the shower. Um, but no, like you're, you're exactly right, Shane, which is like, there is no Bigfoot. I mean, I, I, I hope that um, no one from Space Dot Radio is listening right now, but there is no Bigfoot. So uh -oh. it's just, it's just what, what are these people going to do? Like, they're just going to walk around in the woods with guns? That's their tourism strategy? That's just called hunting, I guess. America. Well, but in this particular case, I would suspect that they're probably already doing it, isn't it? I've never been to Oklahoma. I don't know what you do there. Maybe that's just what you do. Yeah, but they want more of them. It, 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 wait, actually, maybe that's a good point, which is like if, if it's something that's normal there, like they just walk around in the woods with guns, why don't we get more people to come here and walk around in the woods with guns and spend some money while they're here? It doesn't mm. matter if Bigfoot exists or not. Because to me, that idea is terrifying. Right, because there is no Bigfoot. So, what are these people going to be shooting at? You know, or what are they? What are they going to be rappel roping towards? Or you know, those guns that shoot the nets out of them onto things and stuff. Like, what are they? Like, there's nothing there. Squirrels, but if, <laughs> raccoons. You, can't, you cannot wear a Chewbacca costume anywhere in Oklahoma ever again. Imagine if there was a Comic Con. Yeah, <gasps> Oklahoma oh Comic Con 2022 God. is going to be a massacre. Squirrels are high in cholesterol. The entire cast of Eddie Star Wars. Eddie doesn't do that anymore. What, what, about, what about the Ewoks? The Ewoks? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's not concerned. You're in danger. Fine. No, Ryan's not. He's good. Ryan doesn't like the Ewoks. It's the only thing he didn't like Can't about do Star Ewoks. Wars. I'm concerned about the Ewoks. Ryan differs. Wait, wait. What's wrong? What, what what's wrong with Ewoks, Ryan? What what are you gonna, okay. what are you gonna get to Ewoks? My my thing is that it is the beginning of George Lucas's descent towards catering Star Wars too much towards children. So he's like, hey, if I put these kind of cute little things in here, kids are gonna buy the toys and they're gonna watch the movies. Did you know originally they were gonna have a legion of Chewbaccas on Endor instead of the stupid little teddy bears? How much cooler would that would have been, man? Uh, I'm with you there. That's where I. I'm fine with them in principle. It's just the the execution bothers me. But there was they're kind of like a legion of Chewbaccas in the other movie. There was a whole whole hangar filled with Chewbaccas. Yeah, but I think the point is in, in Ryan's thesis that um that that is after the the period at which um George Lucas uh, pulled one out, pulled one over on us with the Ewoks and uh, slid right. into cuteness. Yeah, I, I think like you the, are missing the point though that. They are cute, and they're also a parable for um, class warfare and uh, guerrilla resistance, but we'll get into that another time. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> By the way. I'll give you that throw one. Throw that out there. That's what they're yeah, good like, for. Don't overlook, don't overlook that. Um, anyway, I uh, just want to wrap up Bigfoot, um, if we have a minute to, but, like, uh, right. you shouldn't be into Bigfoot. You shouldn't expose your child to the Bigfoot. If you expose your child to Bigfoot, Matt, if you play the, the last clip, number four, this is what happens with a child or to a child that is um, exposed to the Bigfoot phenomenon. We have a Bigfoot hunter here locally. The Milner family of Huntsville says their son loves to hunt for Bigfoot in their backyard, looking for clues and signs of the beast. 
He says he had a Bigfoot encounter of his own. I was asleep, and my cousin was still up doing 3 a.m. Then she woke me up, and I saw so she pointed out the window, and we saw so red eyes. So growing red eyes out of the window. Oh, no. I'm not saying anything either way. I'm just saying, like, you know, if, if, if that's what, if, you know, that's, that's great, you know. But, like, I, personally, I'm going to keep my kids away from Bigfoot talk. I, I'm i just thinking that, you know, there was the sound of a monster coming from Mommy's room. <sighs> and I cried because I was worried that Mommy wasn't okay. <laughs> you know, that's how, that's the, uh, that's how that one goes. I was asleep, but I saw some big red eyes coming from Mummy's room. I'm, yeah, I'm like sure it, maybe some big oh, brown boy. eyes. Where are we what, going? She's wearing a Chewbacca costume. Oh, come on! There you go. That, that's my my debut Chewy noise on on national radio. That was good. That was good. Thanks. That was pretty um, good sound. I give you that. Yeah, I, I do. The, I do the Chewy noise a lot. Actually, I actually take a lot of pride in my Chewy noise. Nice. Why? What in what scenario do you do this Chewbacca noise? Parties, Star Wars discussions. Oh, you know, just when on occasion. You, you know, like on the chairlift. Just <laughs> 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 the people right. skiing past you. Just like, oh, was that Chewie? <laughs> 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 Oh my goodness! They're called Wookies, um, not Chewbacca's. We've been corrected. Oh well, well, whatever. Yes. Like, yeah, no one cares. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's like saying everybody in Canada is a mat. All the mats. <laughs> you can do that. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, like, if you threw a mat out into a crowded bar, they would, you'd get five or six responses. Like that's true. the the met I'm sorry, Matty, like you you are special and you are unique and I love you, but like the met to ratio so the met the met to human ratio in general is is quite high, you would think. Mm -hmm. Unless you're well, going to Oklahoma. I uh this coming from a, a Christopher. Yeah, no, I'm dude, you cannot find me on Facebook. I am invisible. I have two first names. There's no way anyone can like the, the NSA is still looking for me. Every time someone was like, hey, you want to like be Facebook friends? I'm like, if you can find me. like That's how generic my name is. That's the uh, test they have to prove, eh? Before you can earn my friendship request, find me. That's um, like the big yeah, fight. Yeah, I mean, I had two other stories lined up, but one of them was literally just a, a bull walks down a road in Australia. Like, that was the story. Um, <laughs> that, and sounds, the, and the, that sounds more like a New let's, Zealand let's play, kind of thing. Play one of those clips completely out of context. Then, pick a number between um, one, one and four. Uh, just play clip number three, Maddie. Okay. Murray Bridge News filmed the drama as authorities arrived to lend a hand. They tried to coax him back into the trailer, but he wasn't buying it. Once again, he made the slip, even racing past travellers who sought shelter in their caravans. There's police cars chasing it. There's a couple of stockies chasing it. People are going everywhere. Gates are getting crushed. <laughs> that's really great out of context. That's some. Um, that's. I've got a couple of friends after a couple of late nights out in the bar. That whole clip could describe, you know, trying to get that one friend to go home at the end of the night. That could work. I just want to know why people are going everywhere. I mean, there's a bull on the loose. They should be concentrating their attention on the bull. 
I don't know what they're just doing, like facing in different directions, going walkies for. They should concentrate on getting that bull back in its house. It's possible uh, that they were looking for um, the Sasquatch. Just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the famous Australian Sasquatch. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> bull, bull on the loose in Australia. Um, there's a news story about it. There were a couple of stockies there, um, I think, which means a stockman. I'll also just say that a bull on the loose is not a big deal. Um, there are bulls on the loose in New Zealand all the time. Used to drive past them as children, even collected a couple. You know, do you take them home from school with, with you on the road? Like, hey, bull, oh. come this way. <laughs> I didn't um, know that uh, children drove in New Zealand, but okay. Uh, I don't. Look, it's, it's been a long day for me. I've had too much medicinal medicine. <laughs> <laughs> all right there he is so christopher gilbert um is medicinal medicine uh, from tokyo our favorite kiwi uh canadian from tokyo on the shift thanks chris ah see you guys next week see you soon thanks for listening to the shift podcast make sure you subscribe rate and review the show and share with anyone you like get it on apple podcast google podcast spotify and curiouscast.ca